Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, Gary Parrish, it's Thursday, April 7, 2022. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching live on YouTube, please uh, smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. You have consent when it comes to the like button. You always have consent, so please smash. It helps us do it for the culture. Also, if you're if you're watching live on YouTube, I apologize. About eight minutes later than I tweeted we would be. It, it is um, it's not completely my fault. I'm blaming some of it on my wife. She uh, she perched golf middle basketball. See, he's the cutest little thing. He's a French bulldog. His name's Luca. He's terrific. But sometimes uh, he sneaks out of the front door, and then sometimes he thinks that's a game. And from his perspective, the game is. Let's see if you can catch me. I bet you can't. I've been running around barefoot my neighborhood for 25 minutes trying to catch a dog. A long service guy down the street, he helped me. Failed miserably. He could not get it. We need to uh, link the podcast YouTube feed to your ring cameras. We should just go live with that. That should be the podcast. Dude. I was You're so mad. You're around your yard, Jason. Your no, no. Did I say my yard? I didn't mean my yard. Everybody's yard. Okay. I've been running down the street barefoot. Hey, Luca. Hey, Luca. Hey, come here, Luca. Come here, buddy. Hey, Luca. Come here. Luca, come here. You want a treat? I tried everything. You know what I finally had to do? Drive deck, had to come all the way back to my house, get in my car, drive all the way down the street, and then let him chase my car because he thought that was part of the game. And then we got into the driveway and I opened the door and I said, buddy, get in. Come on. We're going to He likes to ride in the car. So he jumped right in the car and then I tried, grabbed him and I shook him. And I said, don't you ever do that again. But he will. He will do it again. Anyway, that's how my day's been going. How are you, Deadleg? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, my dog has been inside. Shouts to Lana. My dog. You've got Luca. I've got Lana. And I've got, I got the Masters on here, Paramount Plus. Little podcast, little Masters, little Tiger. No, we're doing well. And uh, the offseason has officially arrived. Thank you to everyone who was able to wait one more day. And uh, here we are on a Thursday and, you know, a couple news items to get to. And then obviously I want to get deeper into uh, your full top 25 to one. Yeah. So I suppose the biggest development uh, since Kansas won the national title is that Duke coach Mike Krzyzewski, he, he reiterated Wednesday that he is, in fact, done with coaching the sport of basketball. It appears he had to reiterate this because Jay Williams, former Duke star, uh, you know, said on Tuesday that he thought there was, quote, a legit chance that Coach K would return to coaching after <laughs> Nolan Smith left John Shire's staff to become the associate head coach at Louisville. This obviously created big headlines. Jay is a you know prominent former Duke player. What he says resonates, so this resonated. But Coach K seemed to put it to bed once and for all by saying once again on Wednesday that he is done coaching. Uh, what did you make of, of all of this after returning home following the Final Four? It was like... You know, if, if some random says this, you just don't even really blink. And maybe you don't blink anyway. But when Jay Williams says it on national television, 
like I said, it created real headlines throughout the sport. I think Coach K finally put it to bed for good, but, you know, we'll see. I had someone tell me uh, a little while back uh, that there were, like, the, the slightest of murmurs over this idea that, and this was uh, before the loss in the Final Four, but with the way the regular season ended, like, maybe there was, like, a slight chance that, you know, maybe Krzyzewski was just privately having like a little bit of doubt over us, which is understandable, but I also never bought it um, to prevent this exact thing from happening or not from to prevent it from happening, but to at least address it. I point blank asked Shashevsky at the press conference before the Carolina loss in the regular season. Um, if he was truly at peace with it, you know, I, I, and he, he, he basically you know, immediately answered and and then went on to talk for three or four minutes about why this was going to be it and why he was done and why he was at peace and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the reason all this came up for Jay Williams was because Nolan Smith uh, has left the staff to go join Kenny Payne's staff at Louisville. There are connections there. Nolan Smith's father, his late father, played at Louisville. Uh, I, I guess I can say this now because why he's going a little. I, this also uh, helps explain why I saw Nolan Smith out uh, and socializing just a little bit the night before the Carolina game. He was out like Nolan. You're not used to seeing that, but I was like, well, he had the Louisville job anyway, so there we go. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think that there was any, any. I don't want to say any chance, Parish. Like you know, we're still just three days in the off season. But as I we did a little dribble handoff thing on this, like Mike Shashevsky would be genuinely hated by a significant portion of the sports fan base if he actually decided to do this. He's not going to do this. Like, he reiterated it again on his Sirius XM show, which he's going to continue to do, by the way. Like, he's still going to be active. I can't remember if I mentioned this on the pod or not, but I think I did. Uh, and Mike Krzyzewski is still going to be around. You know, he's not going to go into hiding. No, he's not going to be overbearing with the program. At least he says he won't, and I believe him when he says that. But he's still going to do, uh, you know, a weekly Sirius XM show, and he's going to be around uh, the Duke campus, the Duke athletic department, the Duke program, while not being, you know, directly involved in it on a day-to-day basis there. And um, I just don't think he feels like he needs to do this anymore, frankly. The, the losses to Carolina, I think, will forever gnaw at him because how could it not? But because it's Jay Williams and because he said it on national television and because he tied it to the Nolan Smith stuff where he's leaving to go to Louisville and whatever that might mean. Like, is Duke going to lose one of these recruits to Louisville? I don't know about that, but um, that's why I came up to begin with. And I, I, I kind of figured maybe this would, particularly like after Brady did what he did, like maybe we were, you know, due for this, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it happening. I just, I think there'd be the pushback. And it was last thing on the, for me, GP, like there was so much tied to this, like uh, elaborate. Like I actually finally watched on Tuesday night, the, March Madness Turner TV produced like nine minute video. Did you see that thing that they produced for Kay? Like, I, I know that it exists. I've heard people say it's great. I wanted to make time to watch it. Yeah. I didn't have time in New Orleans and then I forgot about it, but I'll get to it. Yeah, it's no, it's wonderful. It's actually, it was actually done in almost the style that if you watch the Madden documentary that Fox did, they sit Kay down in front of, you know, this, these huge screens, I think in Cameron, and he's basically watching his entire career and then people like talking directly to him. It was really, really well done. My point is they did all of this <laughs> to, to, to then, you know, walk it back. I don't know. I, I can't see it happening. 
I never saw it happening. I especially don't think it's happening now after he reiterated again uh, this week that he is done. I think the way he put it is I'm done with the coaching part of this. And like, you know, John Shire is hiring, literally hiring people. Yes. <laughs> you know, all right. So this is John Shire's uh, program. Um, again, the reason this became a topic of conversation, I think you're right. Tom Brady is part of it. Um, but, you know, Jay Williams saying what he said is, is the main part of it. Now, to, to Jay's, uh, to be fair to Jay, he said, I'm not operating with any, side of, any sort of inside information here. I'm just sort of piecing some things together. So he wasn't pretending like that he was privy to something the rest of us weren't. He was, um, I guess, just speculating. Um, but he did say, I think there's a, quote, legit chance he comes back. And when Jay Williams says that, people, you know, take notice. Um, the reason, there, there's a lot of reasons I, I, I didn't think it was a realistic thing. Um, the main one being, you know, one of the reasons reportedly that Kay wanted John Shire to succeed him instead of Tommy Amaker is, according to um, the book, it's it's that he thought Tommy coming back and joining his staff and working underneath him for a year would be quote disruptive and um, create an awkward situation for John Shire. Well, what would be more disruptive and more awkward than Kay returning after saying he was retired? That's very disruptive and it's very awkward. So you know, you just, for me, the conversation stops and starts right there. Beyond that, I don't think he wants to coach anymore. Um, will he miss it on some level? Sure. He'll miss parts of it. And I'm confident he hates the way it ended. How could you not? But I don't think he wants to coach anymore. He's 75 years old. And coaching is more or less a 365-day-a-year job that – you know, I can certainly understand why somebody his age and even much younger who's got more money than they'll ever know what to do with would just say, uh, as he put it, I've been in the arena long enough. Um, beyond that, when he was asked last year, why are you announcing now that you're going to retire after next season? And he would, you know, say in, in various ways, it's not so I can have this incredible send-off farewell tour, although that is clearly what it turned into. He said, I wanted prospects to know the truth, that if you're being recruited by Duke right now, you're not playing for me. You're playing for John Shire. And I didn't want to mislead anybody. I think he even said lie. I didn't want to lie to anybody. I wanted every prospect to know in the class of 2022 and younger um, if you're being recruited by Duke, you're being recruited by John Shire. I will not be there when you get there. So then John works relentlessly to secure the number one recruiting class in America. And Mike comes back and says, hey, I'm going to coach it. Again, it would run completely counter to everything he said that mattered last summer. So you take all of that, put it in a pot and stir it up. I think the only reasonable conclusion um, is, is the one that we've been operating with since last summer which is that, you know, the season that we just watched unfold was Mike Krzyzewski's last season. And like I said, I can understand being frustrated, bothered by the way it ended, but almost nobody's career ends the way they want it to. And 
um, you know, this whole walking off as a champion thing, it's, 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 it's happened, but it's very rare. And there's no guarantee, by the way, next season would be better or even as good. In fact, I would bet against it. I mean, would you bet Duke wins the ACC outright and goes to the final four next season? Uh, no. Right. <laughs> but, but, but no, you could, I would bet against, uh, Losing your final game coming. Yes, I got it. I got it. Um, that that is, you know, there's a reason why we talked it up as much as we did because that's uh, just. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now the point I was going to make is that you don't usually remember how people's careers ended. We spend so much time talking about, um, talking about the way it needs to end or the way it should end or wouldn't it be great? And if I guess if there's just some great ending, you would remember that. Um, but like, do you remember how Dean Smith's career ended? It ended in 97, and I don't know the last team that there we go. Uh, do you remember how uh, Bob Knight's career ended? Uh, first round loss in the NCAA tournament, Texas Tech to I don't know who. Right, okay. Um, Roy Williams' career ended. Wisconsin, first round. Right, okay, you remember. First time you ever lost a first round game. Right, you remember it because it's so fresh, but like, in 20 years, nobody's going to talk about it's a shame Roy's career ended with a first friend loss to Wisconsin. Nobody will. It just won't matter. Give me one more. I like this game. You got a couple more coaches. Let's see if I can remember. Those are the only coaches I know. Okay. <laughs> how did, how did uh... well, let, well, let's think of like Hall of Fame level guys who have retired in the, our lifetime. Uh, how about that? How about uh, Big John? No idea. Can't remember how Big John Thompson's career ended. Can't. I actually do remember Nolan Richardson because it got so nasty. It did actually, yes. Yeah, but like you know, no one's got his name on the court at Bud Walton now. It just doesn't matter. Now, I I can acknowledge this isn't apples to apples. You will always remember how Mike Krzyzewski's career ended. No, it's it, it is the it is the most infamous ending to a great coaching career ever, and it, it is as that is it. That's it. Yeah. And it's the thing is, it's the double banger. It's the final four, and then it's like, yeah, and then there was also the final home game to, to Carolina. It's really, right. it really is amazing. Yeah, yeah, you'll never forget that. So I acknowledge this isn't apples to apples, but listen, broadly speaking, the guys last year at the age of seventy-five was an ACC title and a trip to the final four. That's awesome, and it was a record thirteenth final four. That's amazing, and he retires with five national titles and more wins than any coach in Division One men's basketball history. It, good, it's a good run. Seems pretty good. Seems pretty good. So now Coach K will retire. John Shire will be the coach of the Blue Devils uh, next season. And I promise we will never revisit this conversation unless Jay Williams forces us to. <laughs> Thank you. I saw Norlander tweet something about Kansas this morning. That was interesting. We're going to spend a few minutes on that next. But first, a word from our sponsors. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So I saw Norlander tweet something about Kansas that was interesting earlier today. It was from uh, C.J. Moore, who, of course, writes about college basketball for The Athletic. Just terrific. You know, there's so many talented guys now yourself included dead leg writing about college basketball and, and CJ is uh, is certainly one of them and uh he he you know sort of did the homework on something i i can remember saying on various radio shows and, and even this podcast i think as recently as late monday night that and the way i would put it is like you know bill self didn't do this with like a bunch of lottery picks and five star prospects this Kansas team that just won the national championship relative to most national champions and relative to most blue bloods and relative to uh, even a lot of his Kansas teams is not as talented um, as, as they normally are. And, you know, you tweeted, you, 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 you know, screen grabbed the, uh, the info and then tweeted it. And I, I thought it was, uh, I don't know. It was just interesting. It, 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 it reinforced what I had thought, but, but made it a little more specific. Kansas's rotation that just won this national title had exactly two consensus top 100 prospects in it coming out of high school and zero top 25 prospects. David McCormick was ranked 30th in his class. And um, this is according to the recruiting services consensus index, which takes all the recruiting services and, you know, blends it together and says, Hey, here's a, here's a list. And by the way, as CJ's piece notes, it's done this consensus stuff, which was basically, you know, 24-7 has done this as well, but the RSCI has been done this since 99, and the RSCI period has been around, I think, since the 70s. So this is kind of like the OG recruiting rankings thing that's that's been around literally for decades, but we're talking specifically consensus recruits all the rankings into one bucket. So David McCormick was 30th in his class. Jalen Wilson was 51st in his. And according to CJ's research, um, since 2001, every national champion had had at least four top 100 prospects in the rotation until this year. Kansas only had two. Um, now, as CJ notes, this is in part probably a byproduct of the NCAA case looming because it makes recruiting more difficult. And this is something we've talked about before. It, like, There's no getting around. It makes – here's what people typically say. You got an NCAA cloud hanging over your program. It's going to make recruiting more difficult. And what, um, by extension, what that implies is it's going to really make winning harder than it otherwise would be. I'm not sure it actually does, though. I acknowledge the first part. It makes recruiting more difficult. But do you realize this is the second time in the past five NCAA tournaments? that the national champion is a program with a roster that was largely built with an NCAA cloud hanging over it, 2017 North Carolina, 2022 Kansas. And what I remember being interested about that, interesting about that North Carolina team is that Roy had missed on like a million five-star prospects in that stretch. Um, but he had a bunch of guys like ranked between 25 and 125. And they were the type of players that are talented, but they're not going to be one and dones. So you're going to keep them in school longer, develop them, create chemistry, and then you go win the whole thing with them. 
And that is more or less what Kansas just did as well. Like some of the guys that played key roles in that national championship game probably would not have been recruited by Kansas if Kansas could have gotten better prospects and Kansas could have probably gotten better prospects if not for the NCAA cloud hanging above it. So clearly these clouds, they do force you to recruit another way, but are we sure it actually hurts you? Because maybe you miss on a one and done, but you get these other guys who are in school longer. And again, two of the past five national champions are evidence of that. Yeah, it's not like it's happening every year, but you know, you look at the champions we've had recently since then, 17 Carolina. Look at how Villanova was comprised in 18. Monster team, not loaded with one and duns. Uh, really, really good multi-year players there. Virginia, 19. You know, it's run actually... DeAndre Hunter was going to be an NBA player, but you know, you had Kyle guy, Ty Jerome grow into NBA players over the course of their career at UVA and even Baylor a year ago, obviously you no know, 20 tournament Baylor a year ago, what it was able to do. We have not now we've had teams with one and done talent on the roster and prominent and they've won national championships. But um, to your point, you can really make this case across every national champion since 17 Really 16 as well with Villanova doing it the way it did. Some of this is also uh, a byproduct of matchup luck. Like, you know, we're not having this conversation. If Duke can just get the win over Carolina and then beats Kansas, you know, I, then then it's a different story altogether, period. But that's not what happened. Kansas won the national championship. Bill Self did a wonderful job. And I thought this it hammered home the point all the more that he was able to do this with this group. You know, in a micro and macro. Micro is what he did with in-game adjustments in the second half. Again, I thought it was just classic Bill Self and what he's capable of doing. And then when you really look at Kansas in the broad scope, winning the Big 12 this season, you know, doing this after Baylor over the course of like three years really had a case to be like the best program when you look at what it did, its accomplishments, its records, ending Kansas's Big 12 regular season streak. KU comes back, goes 34-6. and six. You know, it wasn't the absolute best offense at rank six. It wasn't the absolute best defense at rank 17th at the end of the season. But uh, you, again, just saw how Bill Self can really build up the program in a way that I think is probably the best way to do it. If I had to pick a best way to do it, he didn't have a one and done this season. But Kansas has, has had them is capable when not under a cloud the way that it is. And frankly, you know, this is going to be the drawback for this program in the next couple of years as well. But in its ideal formation, Kansas under Bill Self gets the best of both worlds, really the best of all three worlds. Kansas is able to recruit top 10 to 15 prospects that have one and done potential. It's able to recruit guys between 30 and 75 in the rankings that can be three or four year players and grow into, I mean, look what Ochai Abadji did just a classic college basketball evolutionary story. He's going to be, I'll tell you what, that's the top 20 pick right there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so you get that as well. McCormick, another one right alongside him in a different way. He's not going to be a top 20 pick or anything like that. And Kansas also, also uh, because it's Kansas can basically have its pick of the litter with transfers and this seems like the way that you want to have it. Again, Kansas is still under scrutiny from the NCAA. There's still going to be heavy punishment that's coming here in the offseason. But if you can get that blend in this era, in the, in, in the contemporary modern college basketball landscape, where you can get one or two 
top, just call them five-star prospects. You get another one or two four-star level ones, even a three-star, whatever. You keep them, they grow, and they get better and better, and then you have a veteran team if they don't transfer out, and then you can bring in one or two guys that are that are experienced, that have already played two or three years in college and do that. And, oh, by the way, you mix in a coach like Bill Self. That's really the recipe to give you the best chance at being a one, two, three seed on an annual basis and then increase your chances of getting to a final four and winning a title. Uh, there's no question. Um, and so now, like, you know, Kansas is going to be good next year no matter what, if only because Kansas is good every year no matter what. Yeah. Um, but, like, they do have some players that – um, have to make some decisions. Um, I don't believe anybody's announced anything yet about their future plans, although Ochabaji is uh, clearly going to be in the NBA draft. Um, but, you know, basically the whole team has eligibility left. Um, I, I think at this point, most people seem to think Abaji's gone to the draft, McCormick's gone, for better or worse, and Christian Brown also yeah. gone as a projected second round pick. Um, but you know, as always, we'll see, uh, it's going to be a, a wild, uh, few months, uh, of, of announcements and guys going into the portal and coming out of the portal. And uh, on that note, we can transition to uh, the last thing I want to touch on, uh, today before we get out of here, which is there, you know, has been some somewhat significant, uh, movement in the transfer portal. Arkansas added a couple of well-known transfers the Mitchell twins Mikhail and Makai Mitchell started their career at Maryland uh, then played at Rhode Island both of them averaged double digits in points uh this season did the Mitchell twins move into Fayetteville does that move the needle for you at all I mean <laughs> not at the moment no I mean are the simple question dead leg are the Mitchell twins worthy of creating version 2.0 of the top 25 and one they're only worthy. First of all, if this is going to happen, I, I need to, because I, I'm going to do the same thing this year that I did last year. I'm going to, I'm going to document the first version. I'm going to put it in a Google doc. I'm never going to look at it again until the pod, either the last podcast before champions classic or the first one after it. So then we can go back and look and see just how much changes over the course of the entire off season and see what teams shift or not. If you if you think that you are going to move Arkansas because of this, then by all means, do so. But if I remember correctly, you had the Hogs sixth when we touched on this briefly deep into the night on uh, on Tuesday morning. Is that right? That's correct. Behind UCLA, North Carolina, Kentucky, Baylor, and Houston. Now, North Carolina, I'm assuming everybody comes back except Brady Manick. There's obviously no guarantee that happens. So, you know, uh, Carolina could get moved around. Uh, Kentucky, I'm assuming Oscar Shibway comes back, but Shaden Sharp doesn't. Obviously, both of those decisions could go the opposite direction. Uh, with UCLA at number one, I, I'm assuming Johnny Juzang, Hami Hakez are both back. That's not guarantee. Both could leave. Both could stay. One could stay. One could go. Um, with Baylor, I've got Matthew Meyer back. He could obviously leave if he wanted to. Um, with Houston, I just think Houston's going to have a better roster next season than they had this season. <laughs> and they were incredible this season. So I've got them fifth. And then I've got Arkansas sixth. Some people have Arkansas number one, and I'm fine with that. Like I tweeted on the afternoon of the championship game, I don't think there's a consensus number one. Like there's nobody where you go, how could you not have this team number yeah. one? 
I hope it's I hope it stays. By the way, that's where we're at right now, which I think is a good thing. I really hope we don't get to the middle of October and everyone's picking the same team. I want a variety of thought, diversity of opinion with this. So I'm good with that. Yeah. So like Jeff Porzello has Arkansas one. Uh, John Rothstein has Kentucky one. I've got uh, UCLA number one. And I'm fine with anybody that's got Arkansas one, two, three, wherever you got them is fine with me. But they are losing six of their top eight scores. It appears like it appears. Um, JD Note's gone. Stanley Amude's gone. Adis Tony's gone. Chris Likes gone. Trey Wade gone. Connor Vanover entered the transfer portal. It's six of their top eight apparent uh, appear to not be coming back. Now they're enrolling an incredible recruiting class with three five stars, three McDonald's All Americans, and you put them. I guess, theoretically, in a starting lineup with Devontae Davis and Jalen Williams. But um, Jalen has entered the NBA draft, and I don't know that there's uh, a a guarantee uh, that he's coming back to school, although I think at at this point most are projecting him back to school, as am I. But, like, losing six of the top eight and still being ranked number one in the country, that's, um, that's not a completely normal thing. Now, DeCourcy also has Kentucky one. I knew he, I thought he had Kentucky or UCLA. So he goes Kentucky one in his rankings over at Sporting News there. Yeah, no, listen, Arkansas is going to be really compelling back-to-back elite eights. I basically credit this podcast for hammering home the Sweet 16 stat. And then Musselman goes out and gets to a regional final in consecutive years. Uh, so now, no doubt about that. They, they, they have to be in that, you know, top eight mix overall. But a lot of new pieces there. We'll see what winds up happening with that. I would say keep them static. That's just me. But may, I don't know. Maybe you think maybe you think the twins being added should uh, should bump them. I'm not putting them ahead of Houston though. Well, that that that's the thing. Like here's the way I do this throughout the summer. Like something happens, somebody leaves, somebody comes, and I go, okay, does this make me want to move this team ahead of the team in front of them or below the team below them? And if not, I go. There's no need to update. And I think that's where I am with the Mitchell twins committing to Arkansas. Does it make me want to move them ahead of Houston? I don't think so. So I just keep them where they're at. Refresher. If you, I'm sure many of you did listen to our late pod, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I want you to lay out your entire rankings for the listeners here. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to refresh quick on the top 10. We don't need to re-go, go over it again. If you want to hear that, you hear the back end of, uh, of the championship pod, but he's got UCLA, the new NC, Kentucky, Baylor, Houston, Arkansas, Gonzaga, Kansas, Duke, Tennessee. That is your top 10 as it stands right here on Thursday, April 7th. GP, why don't you run down? And I haven't, I have the page up now, but I see who's 11, but I actually want to learn this as you tell me. So 11 through 26, it's a top 25 and one, remember uh, your order. And then if there's a couple teams that's that you think people might be intrigued about why you put them there, well, let them know why you put them there. Well, 11 is Arizona. And I basically got every relevant player projected to return except for Benedict Matherin. Uh, Christian Coloco and Justin Keir. Um, at 12, I've got Michigan. That's based on Hunter Dickinson, Caleb Houston, and Musa Diabate coming back. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Where are they going? <laughs> like, especially Hunter Dickinson. This is where I think what's happening right now runs counter to traditional thinking. Like Hunter Dickinson, five-star prospect, been in school for two years, been awesome at college basketball for two years. It's time to go. Where are you going? He can't, he's not getting drafted. Hmm. 
And yet he can be such a good player again. Like he was, he was pretty good. I don't know if he would hit the preseason hype, but he actually, if you look at his numbers, he did pretty good for himself for as a sophomore. Um, like there's a whole bunch of awesome traditional bigs in college basketball who are like just sort of stuck in college basketball because the game has changed so much. Yeah. If you cannot guard in space or really rim protect at least one of those things, there is not really a spot for you in the NBA. If you can't shoot a three guard in space or really, or really rim protect, like you got to be able to do one of those things, preferably all. And like Hunter Dickinson can't do any of them. Um, Kofi Colbert can't do any of them. Uh, Drew Timmy, eh, he can shoot a little, but the other stuff's a problem. Um, I, I, I'm, Try, there's a whole bunch of the uh, Oscar Sheepley. Yes. <laughs> like think about all these awesome bigs oh. that 25 years ago would be first round draft picks. I know, man. And they can wonderful. For, you know, not 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 ideal for them, but wonderful for college hoops. You're just gonna have a lot of known names if they indeed they they do, and I probably think they should. You'll have a lot of guys coming back. Who? Hello, what a concept. Fans know who these people are. That's actually a good thing. Yeah, now like the about thing in Caleb Houston, they could they could theoretically get picked in the second round, but this is the thing second round picks need to, you know, try to figure out. Can I make more money, name, image, and likeness next season mm-hmm. playing college basketball than I can make as a two way player in the NBA? Um, you know, so so some of these guys got hard decisions to make. But for somebody like Hunter Dickinson, unless you just hate being in school, I don't think there's any doubt you can make more money playing at Michigan next season than you can make playing wherever you're going to try to play professionally. So I've got those guys coming back. I got Michigan at 12, 13. I've got Auburn, um, obviously lose Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler, but uh, you know, return for the top six from a team that got a, uh, a two seed in the NCAA tournament. And they got a top 15 recruiting class on the way with a five-star center at 14. I've got Creighton uh, returning yeah. five of the top seven scores. Yeah. I, 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 if I would did one, I'm, I'm, and I'm going to have to do one eventually. I might go bold enough to say, uh, Creighton like top 10. If, cause Creighton sets up, I think is the best team in the Big East. And if you're the best team in the Big East, will you be a top 10 team in the country? It'll have a shot. Me and Rostin sat down on Monday afternoon and, and like compared notes. Like, hey, what do you have this guy doing? What do you think? Just cause you don't want to miss something very, very obvious. And he had Creighton, I believe. I don't have his right up in front of me, but I believe he had Creighton higher than me. Uh, Villanova, I've got it 15. Fair. Um, returning six of the top nine scores from the final 14, that's the projection. I've who's got out? Brandon. Who's out? Yeah, who's out? Just so listeners get a, a reminder. Of, Villanova just made the final four. Who do you have not returning for them? Well, uh, Colin Gillespie, Jermaine Samuels. They're both out of eligibility. And then I just don't think Justin Moore's playing next season. I mean, he tore his Achilles oh, in late March. I'll tweet this out later today. So um, I've I've got like this thread going where I just kind of shared my photos of because I, I was on the road. My wife did the math yesterday. I was on the road for 25 out of the past 34 days, I think, or 25 out of the past 33. So I took photos along the way. And this might be the last one I share. So late after I leave, after I leave uh, Saturday night, um, I get back to my hotel and uh, I was at the Villanova Hotel. And I, I, I take the the ride back, whatever I go in, I go right to the elevator to go up. And uh, it's Justin Moore. You know, he was actually getting on a, a different elevator uh, than I was, but he had clearly just left, like, you know, a, a group of the Villanova party that he was in. And, like, he seemed in relatively good spirits, but I 
I just couldn't help but feel just awful for this guy. Like he was, you know, Nova, they weren't able to win, obviously. And he had to, he actually had to scoot past me to go the way he had to get to the locker room. He basically had to take the long way. So before, before the game at halftime, coming back from halftime after the game, he had to scoot on past me and it just, you know, injuries are always unfair, but man, was this just a brutally unfair deal. And to see him, he was like the, like, and I, well, I got on the elevator and went and went to my room and finished writing. But like it, like the doors closed and it's Justin Moore waiting for his elevator at whatever hour that was. And I was like, damn, man, that is just such a uh, such, you know, such a bummer of an image there. And uh, yeah, I don't know if he, you know, with that particular injury, how quickly the recovery time will be. So, yeah, he's certainly a question mark. Most guys do, you know, trust me, before I put that in the top 25 and one, I did a bunch of Googles on Achilles injuries, basketball players, and most people miss a season. Yeah. Nine to 12 months. Yeah. Kind of deal. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Durant, remember, missed the entire next season. Now they were being very careful with him because they had invested, you know, $200 million. Um, And, you know, to bring him back late in the season that wasn't going to result in a championship, what's the point? But, you know, I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope Justin Moore is able to play next season. Uh, for now, I'm projecting that he does not. Um, at 16, I've got TCU. That's based on them returning six uh, for the top six from a team that played in the round of 32. Bring back two double-digit scores, Damian Ball, Manuel Miller. Um, at 17, I've got Texas A&M. You know, should be returning every relevant player besides Quentin Jackson, who helped him make the championship game of the NIT. First team cut mm-hmm. from the NCAA tournament field. Landers Nolly, um, the former Virginia Tech player, former Memphis player, is visiting Texas A&M uh, in the coming days. Uh, the connection there, he was recruited to Virginia Tech by Buzz Williams, mm-hmm. um, but never played for Buzz. Uh, Buzz left to go to A&M. Landers played for Mike Young for a year then transferred to Memphis, been there the past two seasons. But Buzz has known that family uh, for a while, so uh, it doesn't guarantee that's where Landers Nolly is going to land. But, you know, certainly he's visiting there. Yeah. And, and you know, if A&M – like Landers Nolly, uh, he has his shortcomings, but he's a good college basketball player, can make shots. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he would, he, would help, he would upgrade Texas A&M's roster. At 18, I've got Michigan State. Um, I've got him returning seven of the top nine scores. From a team that went to the round of 32, the NCAA tournament. Max Christie has declared for the NBA draft, um, but I've got him coming withdrawing that, ultimately. That's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah I don't, I, you know, that's just, an, I, that, that feel, yeah, just as you say it, GP, Max Christie, man, does it feel like he, it really feels like he could actually, if he really hits, significantly improve his stock if he came back, but he's got a hit. That's the thing. So well, like if I'm, t- if I'm Tom Izzo, you know, the thing I'm hammering home right now is come back for your sophomore year. It's your team. Um, capitalize on name, image, and likeness. And look at what Jaden Ivey and Johnny Davis just did in your own league. They came back for the sophomore season and now both of them are top 10 picks. Like be next season's Johnny Davis or Jaden Ivey in the big 10. You know, listen, if Max wants to be the 38th pick and, um, you know, fight to get on a roster, he could do that. Um, but, you know, it, I never tell any of these people what they should do, um, but it, it could make a lot of sense, I think, to to come back and capitalize on name, image and likeness rights, you know, actually improve as a player, take that sophomore leap and then see where you're at next 
next year. But we'll see. He's got a decision to make. At 19, I've got Indiana. You know, returning top three scores from a team that made the tournament. I've got Trace Jackson Davis Trace. back. Same thing. Yeah, Same Trace. Thing. Man. Where's he going? Great college player. Where's he going? I have not. See, I'm, I'm actually enjoying learning this in real time. I, I, I would so prefer to do this as opposed to just bring up your page to, to learn. I, If you would ask me if I thought you'd have IU top 25 or not, I would have actually said no. But I think there's a case there. I, I just haven't I haven't scanned the landscape there. But damn. OK. Yeah, I mean, they could, back, yes, big yeah they, they could bring back top three scores, um, including Trace. And then they got a five star guard, Jalen Hood Shafina, who I love. Absolutely love. I think you discovered him, right? I did discover him. OK, that's what I thought. You actually told you told Mike Woodson about him before he was but when he was with the Knicks. You were like, you know, you gotta actually, be on this guy. I actually told Dane Five. You told him, okay. And now you see He's how he's no worked. longer on the staff, by the you way. See how that worked out. I know. What a mess that is. I know. As a, as a as an aside, that is an actual mess. I mean, you know, you had one IU uh guy getting rid of another there, so but I wonder, I don't know. It's Hoosier have, on Hoosier crime. It is. And I don't have this at all, but I wonder, um, Dwayne Stevens just got the Western Michigan job. Long time assistant at Michigan State right. under Izzo. Does Fife just go back to work with Izzo? I don't know. I don't know or not, but it, like, you know, I'm sure Izzo would welcome him back if he wants that. But anyway, um, I, I, think you, I think if you can go back to Michigan State, you 100% go back to Michigan State. Yeah, again, yeah, yeah. again, I don't want to get into the space where I'm telling Dane Five what to do with his family. You should, actually, I'm comfortable doing getting into that space. I actually <laughs> am comfortable telling Dane what he should do. Yeah, no, uh, it stinks because we've both known Dane for a long time, and he's a really likable guy, despite what Mike Woodson might think. <laughs> 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 um, how about this? I like I like Dame Five. I don't know if Mike Woodson like does. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. Know. I, For all I, I know, like he uh, he goes and joins Mike Lewis. He's like the top assistant at Ball State. Well, I don't know. I, he yeah. can get a high major job if he wants. But there there is definitely intrigue with uh, with uh, the doings at IU, and we'll see what the what the Hoosiers can do next season. They feel like I was very in on them going into last season, just being a uh, a top twenty five level team that I thought would have a chance to to really scoot up. They never quite hit that. But I could see, I think there's a lot of, I think the spectrum is wide for Indiana's ceiling and floor next year. At 20, I've got Colorado State, but that obviously involves. Got to have Roddy back. They got to have Roddy back. I mean, that's. Yeah, no no Roddy and they're not ranked, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's a team that you bring back David Roddy, I can reasonably put you in the top 20. You lose him and now you're just, you know, not to mention the Mountain West had a miserable, Mountain West didn't help itself at all in the NCAA tournament. Nope. Everybody lost. (laughs) So, um, yeah, if they bring David Roddy back, favorites in the Mountain West, without him, uh, I won't have any uh, Mountain West teams ranked, I don't think, unless it's San Diego State, which I think you could make a case for. Um, at 21, I've got USC returning top three scores from a team that was a seven seed in the NCAA tournament. Isaiah Mobley, I've got back. Boogie Ellis, back. Drew Peterson, back. They all average at least 12 points per game. Got a top mm-hmm. 10 recruiting class on the way uh, with a five-star. At 22, I've got Alabama um, returning four of the top eight scores from NCAA tournament team, including Noah Gurley, Charles Bidiaco. Um, you know, they're losing some pieces, but... Okay, Alabama is guaranteed to get at least one, like, solid, solid, solid dude. They're in the portal. That's going to happen. Yeah. And they've already got um, a top five recruiting class with two five-star prospects. Like, they're going to be good. Yeah. Uh, at 23, I've got Purdue. And this is one... I only have Purdue there because Purdue is always good because Matt Painter is terrific. Okay. This is one of those where the roster, I, you know, they're only returning three of the top seven scores. They're losing 
Trevion Williams, losing Jay Nivey. I do have Zach Eady back. Yeah. Uh, I'm just giving Matt Painter the benefit of the doubt here. That's fair. I can buy that. Yeah. It's just to- totally, I believe in Matt Painter, so Purdue's going to be in the top 25 and one. At 24, I've got Dayton. Yeah, I gotta have Dayton. That's a great call. Gotta have Dayton. If they if they don't, if there's not any funny business with losing a couple guys in the portal, gotta have Dayton in there. Yes. Dude, does Anthony Grant? I, I mean this sincerely, of all the freshman classes that are gonna be sophomore classes, because a lot of these freshman classes, like the Duke freshman class, is not gonna exist. It's not gonna become a sophomore class. Right. Does Anthony Grant have like the best? Freshman class that's about to be a sophomore class if he doesn't lose them to the transfer portal in the country. He might. Good question. I don't know. But like, <sighs> like um, they're returning the top eight score. They can return. I, I should never say yeah. they are returning. They can return the top eight scores from a team that just missed the NCAA tournament. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, Deron Holmes, who's a former top 100 recruit. Like Dayton's future is super bright. You just don't know if you'll be able to keep these guys out of the transfer portal because you know (laughs) their fathers and mothers and grassroots coaches are getting hit up right now by high major programs. They just are. Yeah. And, um, but, but if Anthony can hold that together, I got, I got Dayton at 24, 25. I got Oklahoma state returning three of the top four scores from a team that finished 34th at Ken Palm. Um, you know, the postseason band now behind them, Isaac likely, um, has an extra year of eligibility. Um, I don't think it's been stated definitively one way or other. Mike Boynton seemed to suggest that he was unlikely to use it at some point uh, late in the season, but I don't think that's been publicly stated one way or the other. For now, I've got likely gone, but if he comes back, you can move Oklahoma state up. And then at 26, I got St. Louis. They're returning all five starters, including Yuri Collins, uh, Gibson Jimerson. Um, You know, I think St. Louis is, going to be in the NCAA tournament for the second time in a four tournament span. And so that's one through 26. And if you're trying to, if the question is, well, who's the team? Like if you're out there listening, where's my team, the team that I got cut, that got cut last. It was like the last one, Xavier. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of the farmer's dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Mm. Xavier would be 27. Really? Yeah. I mean, I I would have him returning, I believe, three of the top four or two of the top four. So... For everyone listening at home, just quick thoughts from you on this then. Here are, I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the three highest teams at Ken Palm mm-hmm. that are not in your rankings, 7, 
Texas Tech, nine Tennessee. No, I've got Tennessee. You do have Tennessee. Okay, so I've got seven Tennessee Texas. tenth. There we go. I've got seven. them returning. I yeah, you didn't four starters. Yeah. Everybody except Kennedy Chandler. My bad. So seven Texas Tech, thirteen Iowa, and how about this? One year later, and and will this change by the time we get to the middle of June or whatever? The three highest teams at end of the season at Kemp. I'm not in GP's rankings right now. Seven Texas Tech, thirteen Iowa, fifteen Texas, which was a chic preseason top five team going into last year. I will tell you, as I was doing this, it became aware to me. I don't have Ohio State. I don't have Ooh. Texas. Ooh, like, these State are big Iowa. programs that are usually good. Um, I kind of like Ohio State actually. I would go Ohio State ahead of St. Louis. Yeah, that's fine. It's totally reasonable. Like when when Rostin and I were sitting down, it's like honestly, once you get to about 17, 18, whoever I have 17 and 18, you could very reasonably have 31 and 32. And you didn't have like a team like Illinois, like Kofi coming back. Let's yeah, get, yeah. I mean, that's another like one. Kofi Coburn. Uh, I don't know if this will be the case or not. I'm just kind of vamping off the top of my head. But if Kofi Coburn and Drew Timmy come back, it, it's probably one of those two for preseason national player of the year. And in that case, you wouldn't have the potential preseason national player of the year on a ranked team. I don't know. I'm not, you know, I'm not criticizing the move. I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah. No, um, oh, that, like t- teams that I took hard looks at and was like, Ugh, I wish I could put this team in there somewhere. And like, obviously I could have, it's totally up to me, but like um, Illinois is one, Texas tech is one, Texas is one, Ohio state is one. Um, UConn, I looked at, um, Oklahoma, I looked at, you know, Wisconsin, you know, doesn't this feel feel like maybe you disagree. We've done this. You've, you've done it, but I've sometimes consulted in the past and I regardless have an opinion on this stuff, no matter what there have been early Aprils where it's been like, how do I fill this out with 25 teams? Mm-hmm. And this one doesn't feel like that to me. This one feels a bit more crowded. Like there's more viable candidates. Yay or nay for you on that. I, I definitely agree. Um, another one that I can sit Washington state. Yeah. yeah, you, know, yeah. you could make a case for. Um, I definitely think that, that it feels like there's more good teams than normal, but I think that's because it feels like more players are coming back than normal. Like, you know, it doesn't matter how many times you say, hey, it's very early and, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to project rosters in in this, in, you know, it, it, when name, image and likeness is playing a role and transfer portal and one time transfer waiver. And, you know, there's going to be reclassifications and all, it doesn't matter how many times you say, hey, we're just doing the best we can. You know, it, it's early April. We're doing the best we can. So much, so right now. like so much is going to change. That's right. So it doesn't, much. it doesn't matter how many times you say that. People will still want to jump in and say, "How could you possibly project rosters?" This doing the best we can. <laughs> All right. And then the other one I hate. Let me rant for a second. When people say, "What is the point of even doing this?" What is the point of even doing this? Because a million of you will 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 look at it. That's the point of it. You do the best you can on the night of the championship game, and then you update it every time during the offseason when an update is required. You don't do it just to do it, but you do it when it's necessary. And what is the point? Because we're in the content business, and there's an audience for this stuff. So you do the best you can, and you update whenever you need to update. 
So, um, you, you, you know, one of the things that makes it more difficult than it otherwise would be and more difficult than it's been in years past, but I think this is a good thing for college basketball is that you have to take into account name, image, and likeness. Uh, the, the, the player I went through, went to a few times when talking about this in recent weeks is Jared Harper. Like in 2019, Auburn goes to the final four. Jared Harper is like an NCAA tournament star. He enters the NBA draft, goes undrafted. In the in the name, image, and likeness space, he probably doesn't leave school. He's probably the face of an Auburn basketball program coming off a of Final Four. He um, is a preseason first-team All-American, and he probably makes a million dollars to stay in school or something like that. Um, now, that is something Drew Timmy has to consider and Kofi Coburn has to, to consider and Hunter Dickinson. I think, honestly, anybody who's not a guaranteed first-round draft pick or who isn't being told by an NBA team, we're going to take you. We have we have pick 38. We'll take you there, and we'll guarantee you a two-year contract. Anybody who doesn't have those types of assurances, especially if you're at a big program, you need to weigh what you would have normally done based on traditional college basketball rules against what you should now do, given that you can make real money. And I think in many cases, if not most cases, more money playing college basketball next season than you can make in the G League or as a two-way player or overseas. Like if you're Drew Timmy and an NBA team says, we'll draft you in the 50s and give you a two-way contract, how is that? How is spending half your season in the G League playing in an empty gym on a streaming platform better than playing every game on national television, being the preseason national player of the year, in packed arenas, and making – $700,000 as one of the faces of college basketball. And statistically, Timmy has a chance to be one of the like all-time men's D1 players ever if he comes back and is just lights out. Like He has the chance at an all-time because he'll have played four seasons, that kind of deal there. So there's a lot to consider with a Timmy. I see the chat buzzing plenty about will Trevor Keels, Wendell Moore Jr. Those are big decisions. I don't know. You know, There was plenty of talk about how Duke has five NBA picks could have five first round picks. I personally don't believe Keels is a first round pick, so his decision will certainly be intriguing. We'll see on all that. They could all wind up going. You know, there's there's a big big time class coming in there. So we'll we'll see. We'll keep you updated obviously on the site and with the podcast with all that stuff. Any uh any lingering thoughts on your rankings here cuz I got to bring back one thing from a previous pod before we get out. Bring back one thing from a previous pod. Now, hey Nada, I, I have the, this is going to work. Okay. I'm going to play a segment from a previous episode. It's you're going to be able to hear it. All right. I have fixed it. So do not worry. All right. Um, I meant to do this like, I don't know, two weeks ago because it had to do with one seats, but I wanted to, I was wrong. I was wrong. You were, I was. So I, I want to, I want to be fair on this. This is, I think this is about like a minute and a half or so. Do you remember when we predicted the one seats? Nope. Okay, that makes it even more fun. So as we wrap this episode and we wrap this season, I did want to bring back a chat from Valentine's Day. This was when Parrish and I tried to predict who the one seeds would be. And this is how that went. They don't have to go play at Kentucky. I will say Auburn is a one seed. If you win the Big 12, how are you not getting a one seed? Right. So I will say Gonzaga, Arizona, Auburn, Kansas are your one seeds a month from now on Selection Sunday. Would you agree or you want to swap out a team in there? I'll swap out a team. Okay. I'll go 
Gonzaga, Arizona, Kansas, because you win the Big 12, you're going to be a one seed. Gonzaga, Arizona, Kansas, Kentucky. How about this? I was wrong. Mm. Mm. No matter what happens Tuesday night in Knoxville. Uh-oh. <sighs> okay. okay. <laughs> I was about to get a little too far out of my skis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No matter what happens. Kentucky will lose one more game in the regular season, win the SEC tournament, I and be wrong. a one seed on Selection Sunday. <laughs> That's my prediction on February 14th. Kentucky will lose one more game this regular season, and they'll win the SEC tournament and be a one seed. We've both got Gonzaga. We've both got Arizona. Right. We've both got Kansas. Right. I've got Auburn. <clears throat> You've got Kentucky. Kentucky does have at Tennessee, at Arkansas, at Florida remaining. That's tough. And I'm going to fade that right back down there. We got, you know what we did? We did okay for ourselves. Kentucky wound up losing three more times, though, instead of just just once. But, hey, three out of four for each of us. We wound up doing pretty well. I was wrong. I feel like that's something we could have just noted. (laughs) Just said, hey, on February 14th, we got three out of the four right. I just, you know, I had, I, I, kept, like, I kept waiting for the big payoff there. Like, Ooh, there's going to be something, something that's really good. And it, it just was something longer, but I didn't want to keep, I didn't want to keep going. All right. Um, Paris has got to give a shout out at the end of this, but I did want to give a shout to Kristen Rasner, who I believe got a previous shout finished 91st in our bracket games was the highest ranked finisher to not pick Kansas. Well, everyone else top 100, 99 of the top 100 finishers, had Kansas winning the national championship a byproduct of that, of course, is that you got, I think, 32 points if you pick the champion right. The winner will get a shout-out at the end of this episode. Uh, if you won, I'm sure you realize that you won. Um, in the pool, or in the bracket games, shouts to Nada. He finished, we had like 2,000 entries. Nada finished 67th. Speak up for yourself, Nada. Did you have any idea that you did this well? I forgot that I picked it, picked Kansas to win. Does this mean I get to pick Final Four, uh, Final Four and One next season? What it means is that you get a Paramount Plus card. <laughs> I think he has all of them. <laughs> what if Nada in his room's got like a box of Paramount Plus cards? I wish. I wish I'd have sold them out of the trunk of the car. <laughs> what if Nada was scalping Paramount Plus cards out of the trunk of his car? Uh, hey, I'm good with Nada. If you want some final four and one picks, as far as I'm concerned, you can pick for me. I don't even like doing it. Uh, there you go. He might, he might actually hold you to that. The he only really thing, I, the only thing I like doing is naming the arenas. <laughs> After that, I'm done. I don't care about the rest of it. Uh, hold on. Let me see if I can bring this up real quick here. Um, if I can get uh, uh, expert, uh, I don't know. The page might be gone. I don't know if I. You know, here we go. Expert, expert picks. Here's how we finished against the spread. Well, I'll do straight up first. Straight up, expert picks. Parish. Proud of you, bud. What did I do? This, is, this is straight up, which which is appropriate because it's straight up. That's you. 43 and 24 in the tournament. Killed I was only 37 and 30. Palm was 38 and 29. Patterson was 39 and 28. Boone was 40 and 27. Cobb was 39 and 28. So straight up, you for sure. Champion. You were the champion, and it wasn't that close. Against the spread? Give me a Paramount Plus card. <laughs> you sure you need it? Um, I do. I mean, it, this is this. It's just never gonna get better for you than this. 
You won against the spread, too. So Cobb, Cobb destroyed his reputation. 28 and 39 against the spread. So is Boone. 28 and 39. Embarrassing. Palm was one game worse, 27 and 40. It all went south for Palm after he called it the ACC Duke and the 14 Dwarves. <laughs> like, it, just, it, it just went sideways. Uh, I was not that great. 31 and 36. Chip Patterson, 33 and 34. Parrish, above 500. 34 and 33. Not a... We don't need this right now, but maybe for the next episode... Unless you have it, um, add a, if you add up the against the spread records for me and Parrish, he was 34 and 33, I was 31 and 36. Do I still, I think I still have him if you combine that with the final four and one on the season. I think I still have him. You uh, win, but you win by like two games. It's all, it's much closer than it was. But I narrowly, narrowly win. Nada was 67th in the pool. I was 475. I don't know how this works, by the way. Paris, you just heard me. Straight up and against the spread. And yet, in our bracket games, I, you just didn't abide by your picks the way that you did in the bracket. That's why. Nada was 67 out of like 2,000 plus. I was 475. Paris was 971. That means I, 971st place. That means I smoked like more than 1,000 people. You did. You actually did. So congrats to you on that. And then before GP does the uh, just the shouts here, I just want to say thank the season's over, obviously. And uh, thank you. Yeah, that's right. You heard it here first. What? You heard it here first. Thank you uh, to everyone for just helping the show exceed all expectations from the YouTube stuff, subscriber numbers, YouTube. downloads. I think we mentioned. Hey, hey, YouTube. I think we mentioned this on the show, but if not, I'll mention it here uh, for like a full day or so, maybe two days. Our show was in the top five of all podcasts on on the sports realm at Apple Podcasts, which is extremely tough. To, we are I'd, listen. I got no problem saying it. we are we are not close to the top five right now. We're a college basketball show. We're not a daily sports podcast. So you guys helped get us there. I assume there might be even be some people listening now that might have just discovered the show in the past couple of weeks. So thank you so much. We will continue to have episodes throughout the offseason. And the biggest thanks goes to our man, Kanata Edwards, who started podcasting this show right as we started this season and has helped guide the ship. He has been a huge, huge part of this. And we uh, we hope to only continue to get bigger and better, snazzier, implement other things with the pod. But Nada, you've been amazing. It was wonderful to see you at the Final Four. The fact you got to go and help cover it, get on the ground there was freaking awesome. GP, Nada, Kyle Boone, GP's wife, Hakeem Dermish. We all did a CBS dinner down in New Orleans, which was uh, was awesome. And uh, we had a wonderful time. So, Nada, thank you very much. And I, it goes without saying, you are quite clearly, I read the chat, I try and check the chat as much as I can during shows. You are quite clearly the, uh, the fan favorite of the three of us. And I've got zero issue with that. You well deserve it. I am, I just happen to, I can interact more with the chat. You guys have a whole show that you have to do. So, that's why they love me. They, I can interact, and occasionally I kick out the morons. That's, That's why nice. everyone loves me. I'm like I'm like the bouncer from Roadhouse. That's all I am. <laughs> oh, not my favorite thing about Nod is I, every tweet he's telling every tweet he's telling somebody he's telling somebody who's who watches the Hornets how stupid they are. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Again, bouncer from Roadhouse. <laughs> That's also true. The whole his whole Twitter feed is talking down to idiot Hornet fans. 
I love it. It is wonderful. You got You got to shout out our bracket winner, GP. That's Tyler Jackson. Shouts to Tyler Jackson. Does he not get the Paramount Plus? I feel like he deserves the Paramount Plus card. And yeah. I'm gonna Tyler Jackson. You need to find us when we do have like legitimate merch. You get a you get a shirt. You're getting a shirt too. I promise you that. Just find us, and that's that's our like that's our huge off season project. So I'm I'm guaranteeing that for you as well. Shouts to Tyler Jackson. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Sean Robinson. Another Baylor legend. And I reiterate all the stuff Norlander said. We don't have to go through it again. You know how much I appreciate Nada and Deadleg and Cal Boone and David Cobb. Like they did some heavy lifting for us throughout the NCAA tournament as well. Staying up late, knocking out these podcasts. And everybody that puts us in a, a, a position to succeed here from Eric K to Debo. And, and all of uh, you guys who um, listen or watch, uh, whether you, you know, take us to the gym with you or on your neighborhood walk or on a plane or in the car, whatever it is you do, like, you know, it's not lost on us. There's a lot of podcasts to listen to, a lot of college basketball podcasts to listen to. The idea that any of you would spend it here is uh, is a pretty humbling deal, even if uh, we don't always act like it. So thank you to everybody. Um, the season is over, as Norlander reported about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> but we're going to continue to have... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Mike Krzyzewski is retired. What? We're reporting it right now. What in the world? I know. And if Jay Williams makes us come back and readdress this, this, this Mike Krzyzewski Thumbs stuff again, good. don't do it, Jay. <laughs> Jay. Calm down. Coach K's retired. Hey, hey, is, is Tiger making the cut, yes or no? Yes. I'm going to say no. Well, then you're not a good CBS employee because there's nothing we need more than for Tiger Woods to make the cut. Yeah. <laughs> I can double back. And he's he's <laughs> even through five. Uh, let me just see how this drive goes. I'm watching on I'm watching on Paramount Plus literally right now. How's this drive going for you, Tiger? Striped it. Hold on. This one oh, looks right. Ooh, he's in the fairway. All right, he's making the cut. If Tiger Woods does not make the cut, the days of us giving away Paramount Plus cards, that's gone. <laughs> it's over. So I hope he makes the cut. Fingers crossed. You were shouting out a Baylor player who had played like seven games. Sean Robinson. He's a legend. Uh, sure. Go subscribe and smash. You guys know what to do. We'll talk to you again real soon. Until then, take care.